I'm really bad about putting up questions at the bottom, which like rewards bad behavior and, and doesn't reward patience. So my apologies, but uh, lovers, you're going to love. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, how familiar are you with Nari's soul? I feel you three would have wonderful piano talk. Yes, she's on my list of, of folks that I want to reach out to. And I was going to mention that to you, Adam, because um, I just watched a video of hers. Uh, I've been subscribing and watching her channel for a while now. And uh, I think she has some great stuff, but she has a really good video about how to record grand piano. And, you know, I'm thinking about, we're always talking about redoing how we're miking stuff here with the pianos and things like that. And she did some really good kind of in pandemic private, like we're dealing with an engineer that was in another place via Zoom, which you wouldn't think would work, but some nice tests on a great Fazioli that she uh, has access to for a while. Um, so step one, get a Fazioli. Step one, get a Fazioli. But her stuff is good. Have you watched her channel at all, Adam? Yeah, oh yeah. I love Nari Soul. Yeah. yeah, we should do, we should bring her on. That'd be great. Yeah, she has great, I love her piano technique. Her hand technique is yeah, really, very good. really advanced. That's um, got a really cool question. How do you guys, oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you overlapped here. Go back to yours, sorry. So Pat says, how do you guys stay inspired and continue to learn considering the advanced skill level, knowledge of theory and experience you already have? It's a great question. Like, how do you stay in it, right? Like, how do you... I mean, I, I, I was just talking to someone about this the other day. Like, the thing is, is like, you know, if like, you know, this, the players you look up to, right? Like, I, I listen to Jeffrey Keezer and I think like, wouldn't it be great if I could do that? But I doubt if Jeffrey listens to himself and says the same thing. Like, ah, oh, I'm, that's it for me. I'm settled. This is what I can do. Like for a lot of us, we'd be like, oh man, if I could play my left, if my left hand could play like that, or if I, if I could swing that hard, oh man, like, wouldn't that be amazing? Like I'd be set. I would never ask for anything again. Right. That's what we think about everything. If I could just have this money or that car or whatever, but we all know that that's just not how it is. Once we get virtually everything we want, you know what I mean? It's like, it's that all right. goes away so, so fast. So I think the thing is, is you're never, you know, like I still feel like I did when I was a teenager and striving, you know, for, for trying to be as good as I can be. And I can hear, uh, I mean, I can hear myself lots of, of improvement that needs to be made. And I'm, but the thing is, is like as much as, yeah, I would love to be able to like Peter to have your, uh, your 16th note, you know what I mean? But I know that, that, that's not like the end of it for you. It's not like you have your 16th note and you're like, oh, I'm good. You know what I mean? That's just not how you got that 16th note. So I think I think just kind of always being, first of all, being open to grow, but then also just being aware that it's like, this is just what we do. It's just a lifelong, a lifelong pursuit of just getting a little bit better every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that if you're not like, if we're not looking at, you know, improving in a way that our mindset and our openness to developing in new areas is just as expansive as, you know, our number of scales and technique and learning solos and all the more concrete things. If we're not being open in all ways, then, you, you know, you're, you're going to miss the next advanced skill level. You know, like once you get to advanced skill level, there's advanced skill level B and then C and then D and then all the way up to Z. And then there's double A. Like it's a never ending thing. It's not as much, it's, it's not as much based upon like nuts and bolts things that you could say, I need to plug this in, but I really do believe in like a, a higher plane of understanding of music that you can get to that these things like, you know, that are purely technical become a lot less important. 
but the, mu- the the musical stuff. It's like once you get on the just purely musical level, and what I was talking about before, I really believe is is what it's based around is that like once you're, you're once you're totally in service of the music, then you start to like really start to open up to some advanced things because then you're willing to do whatever to go next level. And so for me, like the better I get, the the less advanced I feel, just honestly. And mm. so you have to reconcile yourself at the beginning of that part of the journey that it's going to feel like you're going backwards if you don't look like if you think about yourself too much, you're going to feel like you're going backwards. Um, but that's a great thing. And I love that. And to me, that gets into an area where you can start to play things a little bit like less conscious um, and maybe even a lot less conscious where you're just kind of just trusting in the process and just trusting and like, I'm just going to go crazy if that's what the yeah. moment I'm, I'm just going to play a damn triad. If that's what the moment, if you know, whatever what it, it is. For. Yeah. Just yeah. have more confidence in who you are. And I don't, you feel too like the older, more experienced you get, the less there is of that comparing yourself to, to other people. Cause like the, the better you get, it's just like, you know, what am I going to, I'm going to get so good that I'm going to try to compare myself to like Beethoven. I'm going to lose that every time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. like you, like you can compare yourself to, well, depends uh, on which Beethoven Art Tatum. Right. Yeah. No, but you Lose know what I mean? Paper. It's like, there's no yeah. ending to this. Like you'll never, you'll never live up to uh, Keith Jarrett's reputation ever. You know right. what I mean? Like, so why, like you, 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 the, the older and more experienced you get, the more that goes away and you just are constantly trying to get clearer about serving the music, which is great. Yeah. And so that's interesting. So I do want to connect it with what Pat's asking and not get too esoteric. And that is like knowledge of theory, um, advanced skill level. Those areas are things that you can feel like, okay, I've learned every single kind of theory that there is. It's possible to actually do that. Or like I, my ear training has gotten to the point where it's like, I can identify, you know, every interval, every type of chord. And, you know, my, my technical skills have hit a certain advanced level. So to me, that's when it starts getting interesting because that's like, as you're getting, it's not like you're, you're 0% and then all of a sudden you hit hundred percent one day. It's that journey to get there. So once you start getting to 70, 80, 90%, who knows what, like, you know, you're getting close to like, not mastery of music, but like something approaching a mastery of the instrument, at least within kind of what your realm is, maybe not in Artatum land, you know, or Beethoven land, but, but like, you feel like, okay, I'm a player now. So that's when you can really start. And, and you should be doing this all along the way, but be, like, again, because it's not just an all or nothing thing. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a continuum, but that's when you're getting into that service mentality. Now it's like, okay, what do I, how do I take this the, theoretical understanding? How do I not take it for granted? And like, I wake up every day and at some point I always think about like, I remember when I couldn't identify chords as easy as I can now. I'm like, you know, and when, and I always try to let people know that when they're like, oh, well, it's easy for you because you can just hear everything. I'm like, first of all, I can't hear everything. I mean, I might be able to hear more than you, somebody asking me a question, but I'm going to be talking to somebody else. They can hear more than me. And I'm not even thinking about that anyway. I'm just trying to figure out how can I hear a whole bunch of stuff so that I can play something that'll be of interesting to somebody listening so that I can make their day a little better if they get a chance to hear me play. So once you start accumulating these skills, that's just the beginning. Yeah. Then it starts to get really fun if you put yourself in that mentality. If if you're so much based upon like I'm just acquiring these skills to be able to say I have these skills, then it's kind of sad because you're done then. It's like, oh. But it's just like, you know, Alan Iverson, it's like he wants to get to the game. He wants to get to the game. He's acquired these skills so I can see why there's a frustration with the practice. Why are you asking me about practice? And so it's very much like it becomes to me more of a maintenance thing. It's like I get worried if I can't maintain a certain technical level or a certain, you know, harmonic understanding or theoretical knowledge. So a lot of the practice, and you'll hear us, me say this as we go through our practice check-in, 
becomes about maintenance stuff and like review and making sure you've got these skills and you've got the mindset and the chops that you can maintain that. And yeah, extend it as you can, of course, but mainly maintain and just get your clarity of being able to use those tools to be able to put something beautiful out of the world to develop that part of it. You know, what's interesting too about this idea of advancing your knowledge of theory is that, and I know you probably will agree with this, Peter, but the more like advanced you get with that, yeah. the more compelled I get to actually like, well, wait a minute, what can I do with triads? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like how, how deep can I get into a major scale? Like right. how, how, you know, once you start really learning how to play out and take the changes out, you're like, okay, yes, but what is that one player doing that makes them sound so good when they just play a pentatonic scale in, you know what I mean? Right. Like, what are those simple things? Like you tend to go, to go even more simpler with your theory because you realize like the promised land is not in more advanced music theory. That's not what the promised land is. The promised land right. is being able to be with wh what you want, be with where you are when, you know, you're just here with what you have and be the best you can be at it. Speaking yeah. of theory. Oh, bam. Hakan. Let me, I'm going to see if I can, that's middle C, right? No, that's, this is Milsey. Okay. Yeah. So let's see. I think he was, I think, is that correct? Yep. Well, look, it's telling you right there. You can see that, right, Adam? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, because I remember Hakan asked us very specifically, what's the best sounding voicing ever? I think this is what Hakan was playing. Just let me know yeah. if this is correct. That's great. Good one. That's a good this one. This from a couple months ago. Yeah, and so you've got, look at that, you've got, oh, let me, I guess I should throw something. Oh, I'm missing one note. What am I missing? Oh. G13, flat 9, sharp 11. That's all there. No, but he's talking about a very specific voicing. Oh. That was actually very beautiful. Was there a... Was it D? No. Maybe you had, some, maybe you had it... No, that's not as strong. One more E under the F uh, for that extra crunch. That's right. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Beautiful. Mm. You all oh, know I yeah. love some extra crunch. That's right. Uh, check this out, Mr. Manis. You're going to be amazed at me. I don't know if I can find it again, though. Boom, boom. Mika says, glad you cats like Rick Beato. Not only do we like him, bam, hey. we hang out with him. That boy. That was a fun <laughs> You remember dinner. where that was? Yeah, that was in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. In New Orleans. How do we get up there with the thing? We can't, can we? Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that was in, um, was that this year? Jeez. <laughs> it was January. Was that January? Who's that yeah. guy with the hair and the beard? That's me. Yeah. Yeah, we had a fun time. We actually spoke at the um, – oh, did I have to go on right – no, I think I went on right before him. That would have been bad going on after him. At the uh, – we did some speaking little whatever you call it, keynotes or something at the Gen Conference, Jazz Education Network. Remember? And I did my little whatever it was. And then I was like, wow, 
this is my first time speaking at Jen. Look at the hundreds of people in the audience. This is all. Remember, we just got down there. And then it turned out they were, I think it was a lot of those folks were there to see Rick right after me. So they were already, and I came to the room to get a good spot. But I pretended like it was me. But it was cool. He spoke about, obviously, YouTube and that kind of thing. And Wait, uh, is he on YouTube? Nice. I think he's on YouTube. He just hit 2 million um, subscribers. Good old Rick. Good old Rick. Um, but yeah, he was jamming out to train. Man, he put on... Um, blue trade and was talking about how great the soul is i was like cool he's gonna i was like everybody knows this is a great soul but this is cool that he's doing that because you know he has a lot of like kind of not necessarily jazz enthusiasts watching him they know he's into jazz but that's definitely not the focus of what he is does but then like it got to train solo and like rick is singing along i was like oh that's cool rick knows the beginning of the solo but then train went into double time and rick is like still singing along <laughs> with like every phrase i was like okay he he knows that record so that was he knows cool. that record yeah, do I need right, to pull one more that question up? here from Gerald. This is a great question. We study so much of the history of this music. Do you practice anything specifically toward development of your own personal style, or does that just evolve naturally? That's a great question, Gerald. Yes. Um, so I think it's, I think it's both. I mean, it, in order for it to evolve naturally, you have to kind of do the do the watering and the fertilizer to enable that to happen but like anything that evolves and grows naturally you can't force it right so i think that you know first of all you don't need to worry about oh am i learning too many solos historical solos or styles is that going to choke out my own personal style i've never seen a problem with that with anybody. I mean, I, to me, to the contrary, like the more you learn, the more you connect yourself with the history of the music uh, through the music. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean you got to go read every biography and know the date, you know, the, the address on Rampart Street that Louis Armstrong was born. I mean, that's interesting, but that's not going to necessarily help Wait, you. You probably know that, don't you? Style. <laughs> huh? You probably know that, don't you? Do you know the I don't address? know the address. But I know the building. I mean, I know it's a parking lot, unfortunately, now. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think that. If, if it's it's just like a lot of this stuff. It's a mindset and it's a framework for how you listen. And when we talk about you'll hear it, that's it's the difference between somebody musicians talking about like a great Louis Armstrong recording, just like somebody that's not even a musician, but just loves the recording. You're all talking the same language. It's like, wow, that was so amazing what he played. It's not like that B flat seven, how he went to the raised fifth. I mean, that's an interesting thing maybe to analyze and to, to bring into your playing, but to really connect with the, history that connects all these different eras that's the key and that's how you can start to use that to enhance and to edify your personal style um so as long as you don't get too caught up in the technicalities of it then i think it can always help you evolve naturally with with your own style but it's going to take time like anything great for your style like you've already got a style we all have a style we're born with a style and we develop that as people to be able to translate that to an instrument takes a, you know a number of different things kind of coming together at the same time so the things that you do is really develop your technique develop your ears develop your sense of historical context for the music play with other people play with audiences all these different things will kind of come together eventually towards your personal style like you'll see the little the little flowers start to come out but you know just don't don't stamp on it don't trample it let the let let the little little, little thing grow and but that's your style and, and and nurture that and realize that it's there and let that let that flower and eventually it'll become a big tree that's strong and and then people are gonna be studying you. Love it. They're gonna be about Louis Armstrong. They're gonna be studying. I was you. gonna talk a bunch of I was gonna talk about about a bunch of smack, but man. 
You were going to talk it. about the B flat seven sharp nine flat nine, right? What? I want to go back to your chord, make sure I got it right. Is that right? No, you got to add that low E. Oh, right. And then still the top E too? Yeah. Double E? Double E. Oh, it is. It's quite different. It's, it's very crunchy. That top E, I would have seen, I would have kind of naturally said, well, you're going to have it done there. But you know what I think that is? You've got like that G. Because we're always thinking about like the, the tritone triad above a dominant, giving it. So that'd be like a D flat yep. major triad over the G7, which gives you the flat nine sharp 11. But by, by, by having that E, it's a D flat minor. Oh, let me get my hand up there so you can see how specific I'm being. Or I could even go over here. No, I could go over here. So you got the D flat minor triad. That's 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 a great thing. And then you got all these other little superimposed triads. E triad as well, right? Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yep. Awesome. And so many places to resolve. Great stuff. Thanks, uh, Hakan. Thanks, Gerald, for that great question. Uh, what are our thoughts on Dan Tepfer? Tep Tepfner, I think. Somehow, I admit, until recently, um, I mean, like within the last six months, I totally did not know who that was. I don't know. He's badass, he, though, right? He really is. Yeah, he's great, yeah. great, great, great uh, um, player, classical player, jazz player. That's all I've heard him do. I heard him do some like open improvisation stuff. I heard him do this duo with Christian McBride. That was really good. He's a he's a technologist a little bit. He's kind of a master of the jack trip, and he did hey. like a duo. I saw him doing the other day a duo with this uh, percussionist in Stockholm. He's in Stockholm doing something, and he met this guy through a friend that afternoon. He's like, "Let's do this thing," you know. But his thing with jack trip is like, in order, for, according to what I've seen with him, in order in order for it to work, you got to be within a couple hundred miles of each other. Mm. And so he did it. He's usually doing it kind of with local stuff in New York if he's there or wherever he's traveling now. Uh, but yeah, he's good. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. These are so so much fun. We'll be back next week, probably in the same space, just so that. Uh, thank you, Micah. Thanks, Micah. Super sticker. We never got. Have we ever gotten a super sticker on here? Very few. Really, <laughs> it's no reflection on us. Hey, you know what? Don't worry about a super sticker. You, we can't all be Micah. If, I mean, if you want to be Micah level, go super sticker. But uh, or is it Mika? Micah or Mika? I guess it's Mika. Uh, either way, apologies. Either way, but don't worry about that if you don't. If you're not feeling that, but we can all be generous with a like of this video, can't we? Yes. If this is the kind of content <laughs> that you're looking for, right. go ahead and smash that like button. If you love Peter Martin and Adam Manis, slight, oh uh, smash that. Okay, if you moderately like us, if you just got a little bit of entertainment and information, smash that just because that helps the channel grow. It helps other people discover us, and it helps our egos, frankly. We, we've been a little bit down and out about, you know, you were very down and out. Look, you're looking better already. Oh, I wasn't. I mean, I was, I was just <laughs> mildly frustrated. It's just annoying. <laughs> that's all. We got our pod suite like so hooked up and I mean, I look how crispy you look and sound. We got it just Crispy. perfect. And now I got to be in my, at my dining room desk and not hearing myself. It's You're looking crispy there too. And you got the, got the Christmas thing in the back. Hey, look, everybody, we want to invite you to, uh, is this show happening on Friday? Have we decided yet? Can we know. tentatively invite folks? Yeah. We no, can we still got folks. some hurdles to, to go over. We're, do, we're, we're doing a live show on this Friday, a holiday show. Uh, Adam and I, it, it's really 
along with some other great musicians. Adam has a wonderful group called the 442s, of which he's the music director. And it's it's really a manifestation of a lot of great ideas. And uh, it's a collaborative effort, but a lot of it is beautiful composition and arrangements of Adam Manis. And we did a holiday CD together a few years ago. So we're going to probably reprise some of that music and do some improvisation. And we're just trying to figure out how to get everybody safely in the studio here Friday. So, But in some form, we're going to do it even if something needs to be pre-recorded, but there's going to be a certainly a heavy live element, if not everything live, right? we got room to stretch out here, huh? We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got room to stretch out. We're, we're, we're yeah, a little worried about cool the things. violinists, let's be honest, and um, who else from a health standpoint? We're, we're not sure yet. We're going to see if we can get some rapid tests in here and then um, rapid theory tests. They're not going to be COVID tests. They're going to be like theory. We're just going to check everyone's theory understanding before we start, right? That's right. <laughs> But that's this Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, right here on this channel, right? No, is it on the Peter Martin channel? We don't know what's it's on the Peter yes, Martin Peter channel. Martin. Yeah, yeah. Peter yeah. Martin YouTube channel. Love talking about myself in the third person. Um, and uh, it's gonna be fun. You know, be about like an hour, a little, little more than an hour. Do some holiday songs and, um, uh, but some hip, hip holiday songs. We don't do corny holiday songs. Sorry, if you want corny don't. songs, don't come. Don't come. You know what I think we might do too, Peter? This will be for open studio folks. We're probably going to use that Rhodes that's behind you there. Oh, awesome. So if you want to hear that suitcase Rhodes for the first time ever, tune in. That'd be fun. And I don't know if you can see on there, Adam, but I think somebody actually ordered it. I found this thing and stuck it. If you see at the beginning of the chat today, there is. Can you see on YouTube, Adam? Yeah. He said, yeah, maybe I can look too. I don't know. Let me see yes. if I can look. At the top of the chat, if you go all the way up. Oops, now I'm hearing myself talk again. Look at that. Face mask. Oh, Emotion yeah. in motion. Nice. I want one of these. Can I, how do I get one of these? You don't have one? I don't have one. Not, oh, I mean, yeah, I've I got like open, five of these. No, I've got the open, the um, emotion in motion. I've got this one. I've got that one. No, it's not happening. You got to get a, you got to get the one with all the notation on it. Okay, hold up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this here. Hold on a second here. Hold on. You talking about this one? Yeah. Oh. Look at that. That's our theme, right? I'm gonna do it without yeah. hearing myself again. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, hey, Adam, I know you were probably wondering what to get me for Christmas. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Get our own merch. I, I'd, be, I'd be cool with that. But anyway, if you guys are interested in that, pick that up. That's kind of fun. And um, that's that's about it. Join us tomorrow for – you know about what's happening tomorrow? The sesh tomorrow. Sesh tomorrow is – Christmas uh, time is here. Christmas time is here by Diane Reeves, which is a great record. I don't know if any of you guys have heard that record or if you have Adam, um, but I'm not being self-serving. I, I am. I actually produced the record, uh, but it's many years. Yeah. About, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. I think it's, it's one of my favorite Christmas records because I had a little bit of say in the repertoire. We did really hip Christmas tunes. We have some super hip arrangements. Um, and I mean, it's Diane Reeves singing. So it's, you know, it's, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, thanks, Adam. And thanks to all of our uh, Peter is a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Maybe we should go out on that joke. 
Thanks, Peter. Thanks, everybody. Uh, tune in tomorrow night for that Christmas time is here, Diane Reeves listening sesh. And we'll, we'll be back here next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Yep. So uh, until then, you'll eat.